Welcome to Ice Flame. Join us on another Star Wars adventure. Punch it, Chewie. Welcome, welcome to another week of Ike's Flame, and thank you guys for joining us and being with us again for another Star Wars adventure and a, another just week of looking at Star Wars and enjoying Star Wars. So this week is going to be our, this is actually the first week of September that we're recording this, and we're going to dive in, and we got a new theme for September here. We got a lot of fun stuff coming. Uh, as we talked about in August, we talked about... Um, we talked about the Andor show, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks uh, with its initial release, which I'm super pumped about. And we got a lot of other Star Wars stuff, which we'll talk about some of this throughout the month of September here. But our theme for the month of September is not a typical Star Wars theme like we have been doing. Our theme for the month of September is guest. So we're going to have a guest every single week of September and yes that means I got a guest today with me and so my guest today is uh, Thomas Slaughter and so how are you doing Thomas? I'm doing really good and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well I am your brother. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, your older brother by just a little bit. So yeah, my name's Thomas, and I really like Star Wars, which I think is why I'm here. Uh, I'm not sure if I like it as much as Isaac does, but or Ike does. Um, <clears throat> but I am a math, high school math teacher, and one thing that I think students know me for, other than teaching math, is that my room is decorated in Star Wars, and I have all nine... Star Wars movie posters hanging in my room and lots of other Star Wars stuff. So I've even had students give me Star Wars things at <laughs> times. So <laughs> I have lots of Star Wars things. Yeah. Um, so yes, Thomas is my brother. He is, so we got, there's three of us brothers. Um, me and Tom, Thomas is older than me, but we're the younger two of the, our brothers. Um, and our older brother isn't into Star Wars that much, I don't think. But um, not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah so well yeah so i'm excited to have thomas with us and to uh, talk and chit chat and each week we're still going to do our regular for the most part do our regular star wars adventure and talk about a specific character um here for the month of september but uh i'm going to have a guest with me every week and so <clears throat> as we get started uh you want to share with them who we're going to be talking about this week thomas yes this week we are going to be talking about thrawn and I know I don't know if he has a fuller name than that. Yes, he does. I um, don't know. His, I yeah. don't know the rest of his name. Yeah, I know. I know he has a name in his own language that's really long. Yes, and it is kind of hard to say. And I'm gonna do my best to pronounce it right, and um, and not go listen to an audiobook. And the guy that reads all the Thrawn audiobooks, he'll pronounce it perfectly. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm gonna try to say this best I can. His full name is Mithran Nerodo. Um, and so that is, and we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but that is part of his, that's part of his like familial name from his background and his, his species and all that. So that is part of all that has a bunch that goes into that. Um, but as we know him and as he is known and the lesser space, as we'll talk about a little bit too, his, he is known as Thrawn. He goes by Thrawn, um, which is what most of us know him by as well. And so, yeah, so we're gonna be talking about Thrawn today and going through that. So to jump in here, we're gonna jump in and just start with very basics of who Thrawn is. Um, so, yeah, so Mithran Nerodo is his full name, Thrawn. He, his home world is Rentor. Um, he was born in 59 BBY, and his species is Chiss. He's a Chiss male. Um, and if you guys don't know, all Chisses have, are blue-skinned um, with typically red eyes. And so they're like a human, humanoid bipedal with blue skin with red eyes. I have a question. Yes. You say red eyes. Do some of them not have red eyes? I'm, I'm pretty not... sure all of them do, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Okay. So um, if you all one of y'all know that, let us know. Um, <laughs> but I am pretty sure they all have red eyes. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of that basis of who he is. So 
as we uh, dive into this, and I want to just get to know Thomas here a little more before we um, get going too far on this. Well, you know me really well. I know him really well, <laughs> but you get you guys to know him. So, um, especially when it comes to Star Wars. So, when like if you th- when you think about Star Wars, Thomas, like what is your Favorite memory, core memory around uh, something, a memory you just have with stars that you really, really like you want to share with us? Well, in general, um, I might say a couple things, but <clears throat> one of the things that I remember most about Star Wars is just like growing up as a kid and watching the prequel trilogy because I like remember watching those a ton on VHS, particularly episode one. So I somehow I feel like episode one, I like know inside and out with. Uh, <laughs> it's all the plot details and all the stuff that happens there and just those movies. So I like as a kid just like loved watching those movies. So that was kind of a not necessarily specific memory, but like just a time in my life that I really enjoyed star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I guess I remember liking star Wars a bunch as a kid and I remember like us as brothers playing, you know, with lightsabers and things like that on the trampoline, which is probably, uh, (laughs) not, (laughs) Uh, frowned upon by insurance companies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, that I was... Like, I feel like I remember some of, some of us getting hit pretty hard with that. Yeah, there may or may not have been blood Te- or injuries. Tears. tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I specifically remember having Darth Maul's sword and thinking that was super awesome, having yeah. the double-bladed yeah. sword. Um, Which I think eventually ended up becoming two lightsabers because it broke. Yes, it did. <laughs> it might have had duct tape in the middle of it yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was kind of a, uh, one of the reasons, or one of the fond memories about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, the other one that I was just telling you before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, yeah. There's another one that I was telling you. This is like a weird Star Wars memory. Yeah. But um, this would have been when the sequel trilogy was coming out. So I was in. I, it was in 2015. Oh, it was 2015. This was my senior year of high school. So it, okay. It was, my it was, senior year of college. Yeah. So it was Force Awakens, right? Yes. Yeah, so it was Force yeah, Awakens. So it was Force like Awakens. Christmas on 2015. Yes. We, you and I and our parents. And my fiance at the time all went to see Force Awakens together, mm-hmm. probably a, f- a week or less since it had come out. I was the, it was opening <clears> night. Our opening night. It was opening night. It was like a Thursday night opening night. Yeah. And I, I had just finished finals for school. And I had a swim meet that night, so we went after the swim meet. <laughs> I don't remember all that. So, <laughs> But I remember going to it because one thing that happened is that in the... In the theater, the power went out, and we were just discussing beforehand that it went out in the scene where, no, I forget what... Starkiller Base. Starkiller Base is shooting missiles. I don't know if missiles is the right word, but... Or, yeah. Shooting... Shooting the Republic. <clears throat> shooting so. the Republic uh, planets, and it yeah. kills, like, or kills, destroys, destroys multiple planets yeah. at the same time. So, like, these missiles are, like, flying through space, and the power cuts out, and, so, like... You never get to see the planets explode. Yeah, you never see the planets explode. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, what just happened? Yeah. Like, part of me is like, was that part of the movie, or was that not part of the movie? But it lasted longer than, like... Five minutes, well, yeah. a few, it lasted longer than 30 seconds and you started to realize, oh, like, the power's out. Yeah. And I don't know how long it took for the power came back on, but it was, like, weird. Yeah. Because we waited there for a long time. And what makes this story even weirder is I was just saying that <clears throat> after seeing it this time, because, yeah, obviously I'm a Star Wars person, so I wanted to go see it again. So yeah. I went again with my fiancé, again, at the time, who I'm now married to. Um, but we went again, like, a few weeks later, probably in January or something, <clears throat> with... Um, her parents to see it at a different movie theater in a different state <laughs> and I don't think it was the same scene uh, surely it wasn't the same scene but it was the same movie and the fire alarm went off and we had to exit the building because I think you know someone burnt <laughs> popcorn or something and we had to like leave the building and I can't remember I think we got to go back in and finish it after the fire department came but it was like crazy and then I'm pretty sure that even after um, my wife and I ended up getting married. We were watching that movie again, which obviously I watched Star Wars too much. We were watching that movie again, and for some reason we were watching the DVD of it, and it like cut out during that movie again. So I have this weird association with that first movie that like every time I watch it, it stops. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> so stops somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yes. Anyways. Yeah. 
Um, but that's so I feel like as a kid I really liked Star Wars, and then like I guess throughout the time when there wasn't new much new there weren't new movies anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> I was never into like the animated shows at that time, but then as they've made the prequel or as they made the sequels. sequel movies and then more Star Wars content on Disney Plus, I've gotten back into it because I feel like there was a time where I wasn't as interested yeah. in it, and yeah. I've recently yeah. become. I think we were both back kind, to Star both Wars. Kind of that way a little yeah. Bit. yeah. Um, the other thing I do remember about when the power went out is, like, the movie when they got the movie back up and going. I think it. I feel like it restarted like twenty minutes, like before the power went out. Like so, where we were at in the movie. Oh yeah. It started like way earlier. It was so, like the movie had kept playing. So is that what you mean? No, it went back. Oh, so backwards. They went back. So we watched like rewatched twenty minutes. Oh. And, and so then it made it even later getting out of there because I don't think we got out of the movie till the theater till like one or two in the morning that night. Wow, you remember better than I so, do. But yeah, that it was late. It was late. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how late, but it was pretty late. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Um, no, that's good. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think I think we have pretty similar, similar memories and some of those things. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we grew up together, so um, <laughs> that makes us have. Somewhat similar memories, um, but um, yeah. So, is there like, is there anything else with Star Wars? And I know you shared kind of core memory and like why you like it that you just want to share with share with our community or anything like that. That yeah, anything else you want to share just with Star Wars in general? Um, I think if I had to say like one other thing that I why I really like Star Wars and like in general I've always been a, when I was younger I liked to read a lot and just like I like stories but I guess the one thing I like about Star Wars and like getting into having gotten into a little bit more content recently um, I just like being able to see all the connections like mm -hmm. when I like read this story or watch this show and like see how all the different parts kind of fit together yeah. I just think that's really exciting and like There'll be times when I'm watching something with my wife and I'll be like, oh, do you see who that is? Or like, do you see what that was? And yeah. she's like, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> or at least she doesn't care as much yeah. as I do. Yeah. And she's like, she tells me, she's like, why do we have to watch a show where you have to stop it every 10 minutes to explain what's going on? But I'm like, but it's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, and I, I definitely appreciate that as well. Like connections. And I think, which we're going to talk about Thrawn today, which Thrawn has a lot of that connections to different things as well as a lot of Thrawn's story which we're going to talk about today is also in novelization um, and me and Thomas both like to read so that's part of that as well um, so yeah so yeah we're going to talk about Thrawn today so as we were talking about doing a podcast here Thomas and you joining me here what was the reason you decided to pick Thrawn or why did you want to talk about Thrawn when you came on well, I think Thrawn was the person or the character I picked because he's the person I think I know the most about. <laughs> and I don't, I think you know more about him than I do, but I guess the reason I know more about him is because like a few years ago I had decided, I was like, oh, I think I want to read some Star Wars novels because I'd never done that before. And I was just like looking up like, what's a good Star Wars novel? And the Thrawn, one of the Thrawn trilogies was highly recommended or highly yeah. rated. And I think you... I think I looked it up and seen that it was highly recommended, and I think I'd ask you for a recommendation, yeah. and you had came across that. So I started reading that trilogy, and like from reading that trilogy, I really, I really enjoyed those books, mm -hmm. and Thrawn became a character that I really liked. Yeah, just from reading those because I know got to know more of his story or yeah. a significant amount of yeah. his story. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, awesome. So, as we um, dive into this more, and so we kind of did. A little bit ago, we did a just kind of the basics of who Thrawn was, uh, where he's from, and all that good stuff. Um, and as we always do, I want to go through just some of the basic places that Thrawn shows up in Star Wars timeline. And to clarify, and that way we don't get too confused today, is we're just going to be talking about uh, Thrawn in canon. We're not going to be talking about Thrawn in uh, Legends, um, that may be a podcast for another day, but so we're just going to be talking about Thrawn and Canon specifically, and just so you guys know that and are aware of that, we're not like, hey, you guys missed a whole section, um, our focus, which we may still miss a whole section, but our focus <laughs> is to uh, Thrawn and Canon. So 
Um, so Thrawn experience where Thrawn shows up. The main areas that we see Thrawn is so there's there's three main Thrawn book trilogies. Uh, the first one, well, the very first one, which was probably written in the nineties, was the was the Legends trilogy which we're not going to talk about today. The second one was written, which was Thrawn... What are the name of those books? You, the trilogy that... Um, that one. Thrawn Alliance? Thrawn Treason? I think the first one's just called Thrawn, and then okay. Thrawn Alliance and Thrawn Treason. Okay, so there's, those. so there's Thrawn... Yeah, 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 you're right. So there's Thrawn, Thrawn Alliance, Thrawn Treason, which is the second trilogy that was written. And then the third trilogy, which was written more recently, was the Thrawn Ascendancy. So uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, which would be Chaos Rising, Greater Good, and Lesser Evil. And so those are the three different trilogies, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But the Thrawn, the second trilogy we mentioned, the first canon one, is actually later in the Star Wars timeline than the Thrawn Ascendancy ones. Um, so that makes sense to you, Thomas? Yes, it does. I, I was familiar with that because... Confusing. Yes, I, that makes sense to me. So the, the trilogy that I've read is the first one you mentioned, but it's kind of like... in the, It takes place after. It's just like how they wrote the the movies. They did yeah. <laughs> They did a trilogy, yeah. and then they went back and did a prequel trilogy. And, well, and the other thing is, it's, very, it's the same timeline, too. So the Thrawn trilogy that the... Um, first canon trilogy is during the Empire Imperial era and the Thrawn Ascendancy ones are during the prequel era um, okay. and so which if I remember correctly it's been a while since I read the Thrawn um, with like Thrawn Thrawn Alliance and Thrawn Treason they do have flashbacks to like the prequel era right? I don't remember if there's flashbacks but he definitely uh, references the Chiss Ascendancy, I think I'm saying that right, which, <clears throat> and he references that time, like, yeah. relatively frequent, frequently, like, saying, like, oh, this happened in the past, or when he yeah. was in that part of his life. Yeah. Is, does it jump, I'm trying to remember, does it jump from, like, Imperial to, like, doesn't it jump back to, like, when he has interactions with Anakin? Oh, yes. Do, there is one like that. So... Yes, they're, they're in the middle series. <clears throat> it's a, or in the middle book in that series. It's about Thrawn's relationship with Vader slash Anakin. Okay. So like there yeah. there are flashbacks in that one, I guess, okay. to that other time, yeah. I guess. So like the the main story is Imperial. happening Imperial with Thrawn's relationship with Vader, and then it flashes back to yeah. Thrawn going on a or. Doing, some doing a mission with Anakin, yeah, and kind of th throughout the process, Thrawn making the connection of who Vader and who Vader is and who Anakin, Anakin okay. is, yeah, which at the time was like a closely kept secret. Yes, yeah, <clears throat> um, and so yeah, so we'll, yeah, and we'll talk about that more. Um, and then so those are the main three trilogies. Um, Timothy Zahn is the author of all those, right? Yes, so, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so I know he's author of... That's the name of the author, right? Yes. Okay, I want to make sure I get that right. <laughs> that is the um, correct, and correct he's, guy. He actually wrote all three of those um, trilogies. And so he is our Star Wars expert on Thrawn. Um, and then the other place that Thrawn shows up, um, he is, uh, he is er, he's in Star Wars Rebels um, and probably 15 to 20 episodes roughly um, and he plays a significant role in a lot of those and especially the ending story arc of Star Wars Rebels um, so he's in Star Wars Rebels he's mentioned a couple times in some of the Aftermath books um, which is post episode 6 with the ruins of Jakku the Jakku war and all that stuff so he's mentioned that but the main place is Thrawn Trilogies, and then Star Wars Rebels. Um, and I'm also excited to talk about future appearances of Thrawn, which we'll talk about here in a bit, because I think we got some very exciting things coming. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm sure. very pumped about that. And there's also comics. There's always comics. Um, I'm not a big comic guy, but 
there's comics, so if that is your thing, go check those out as well. Um, so, as we, like, dive into this, we're gonna do, um, we're gonna do the first Thrawn trilogy first, kind of dive into that a little bit, and then go back and dive into the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy as well. Um, so, as we do that, um, do you, do you want to go ahead and start us off talking about the Thrawn, the first Thrawn trilogy that is canon? Yeah, just kind of give an overview just of that storyline. Just give an overview of what's going on, what we discover, and those sorts of things. Okay, so, uh, in the first novel, I, th I think the main thing is, like, how Thrawn goes from being an alien outside of the Empire or I guess they consider him an alien, and I guess that's kind of a big part of the book, but yeah. how he's outside of the Empire, <clears throat> not even living in the Empire, and comes in and, like, goes through the Imperial Academy and starts to rise through the ranks very quickly, which there was a lot of people who were, like, upset by that because uh, he was, like, an outsider who the Emperor started to put a lot of trust in, like, very quickly. Um, so people were, were, like, upset by that. <clears throat> and there's even a... a thread through the book where they talk about how in the Empire they're like very like partial to humans and almost like prejudice against non-humans um, so that's kind of like and there were times where he was I think even like ambushed because of who he was and yeah. that sort of thing <clears throat> so it talks about him coming through that with a and someone who like is closely linked with him is someone named Eli Vanto, I believe is his name. Yeah. So I don't know if he shows up anywhere else in Star Wars, but the Eli Vanto is a human male, and I don't know any where he's from. It might say in the books, but the reason they kind of get connected is because uh, Eli speaks a language. I don't know what language it is. That's not basic. Yeah. That Thrawn knows, and that's kind of his interpreter. His interpreter as he enters into the realm or the, the world of. The Galactic Empire. Yeah. <clears throat> and another important player in that first book, who I like at the time... <laughs> you might hear some dogs barking. Um, who at the time, I didn't even know who that this was, is Governor Price of Lothal. She plays a big role in that book. And at first, she's like even a main character. You're like, oh, maybe she's a nice person. And by the end of it, I think, oh, she's a terrible person. <laughs> Which <clears throat> I think you come... Because the other thing is, I'm coming to reading Thrawn without having watched Rebels... So I didn't even know who Governor Price was. I didn't know Thrawn's role in that. So I, yeah, I just didn't know about her. But I guess once I later on I watched Rebels and I thought, oh, that's who Governor Price is and like where she came from. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because you even see her backstory of how she became yeah. Governor of Lothal, because <clears throat> she kind of went from being like a nobody and like weaseling her way through the political realm of Coruscant and being a very terrible person, but becoming emperor, yeah. or not emperor, becoming governor of Lothal. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the main first story. I don't know, maybe I'm giving too much details. But then <clears throat> the next part of it is, the, the next two books, I think, cover a lot of Thrawn as actual, what we know of him as the, the, the Grand Admiral. Yeah. So <clears throat> the first book is him becoming, arising through the ranks of the Empire. The next two books are about him being a Grand Admiral, and him mainly, like, um, starting to push for his TIE Defender project mm -hmm. and how he was pushing for that and part of even one of the conflicts in the book is how he is pushing for this but director Krennic has been pushing for the money and resources to be uh, put towards the uh, Death Star Yeah, and how even at that time the Death Star is still kind of like been going under the code name of Stardust and no one really knowing what it is and everyone's thinking like oh this is a big waste of money or it's just sucking away a lot of resources so there's kind of a conflict of Thrawn wants the money going to his uh, TIE Defenders, Krennic wants the money going towards this so that's one of the kind of conflicts in the last book and also another like theme in the last two books is Thrawn like warning the Emperor and the Empire saying like I feel like there's this threat that's outside the Emperor in wild space or outside the Empire in wild space that's going to cause a threat to the Empire which is a species of aliens called Grisk yes and 
uh, through these books, it seems like Thrawn, or through his interactions and conflicts with the Grisk alien species, it seems like Thrawn kind of like thwarts that threat. And by the end of the series, they don't seem like a threat because I honestly don't even know where the Grisk alien race shows up any other place. Yeah. But they're a fairly like I don't even know how to describe them. But they're they're they infiltrate the Empire in a way where it's very secretive. Mm-hmm. But by the time they're like you realize they're there, it's like oh my gosh, they have control over more than we realized. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and I don't know if I guess throughout this throughout this book I started to realize like one of the main things about Thrawn is how he uses like artifacts of like art to mm. figure out yeah. people's strategies and so he does that with the Grisks people a lot he studies their artwork and determines yeah. how they are going to fight and he yeah. doesn't do that with just them but he does that with like every Everyone. every opponent that yeah. he goes up against because we even see that in Rebels so. yeah so I, I guess after I'd watched or read this I knew that in Rebels that's kind of what he did as well. Yeah. And, and Thrawn was also like, I feel like from reading those books, I get the feeling like Thrawn was like known for like, he made very few mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like he was always very calculated. He always knew exactly what he was going to do and everything was planned out ahead of time. He might not necessarily like share that information with tons of people. Yeah. Cause I think he always had an element of like, he would, he would surprise his enemies by how well he knew them. Yeah. Like they would be like shocked, like shocked that he knew them better than they knew themselves yeah. in some ways, which was like, I don't know. So, but, the key part of who Thrawn is. Yeah. And his tactics and all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because he, he had this like deep insight to who people are and like without being, cause I know we talk a lot about like force, like without being a force user, without like mm-hmm. even being super familiar with the force. Yeah. I mean, he's because of his background, he is familiar with the force through, the navigation system. Sky, I don't think I get yeah. Through Skywalker. Through Skywalker and through the navigation system of his Chiss people. Which is the Chiss navigators are called Skywalkers. Are called Skywalkers and use the force. Yes. So he's familiar with people who use it, but he himself doesn't use the force. But he had, but he still has a very strong sense of being able to read people and understand people and yeah. knowing how people operate or yeah, work. Definitely. Um and no, I think that's great, and that's a good summary of the of those of that trilogy. And so, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a short break, and then we will come back and we'll jump into the second canon trilogy of Thrawn, which is the Thrawn Ascendancy uh, trilogy. So we'll be right back with you. Awesome. We are back with you now, and we are going to uh, jump into the second kind of second part of our episode today. And we still got Thomas with us and talking about Thrawn and all that good fun stuff. And so we're going to dive into the second half. And as to- it's been a little while since I've read the first trilogy, um, and Thomas has read it a little more recently than I have. And so a little bit more, but, um, he, so he joined my memory and one thing that, and we'll talk about this is what struck me with both the trilogy is the parallels that come that we see in both trilogies. Um, and so, uh, and like, so with the throne ascendancy, we get a lot of flashbacks to how Thrawn rose to the Chish ranks, how Thrawn um, became very controversial, how Thrawn is known to be very, very tactical and really good at what he does. And as a, um, as a warrior and as a leader of the Chish Navy and all that sort of thing. And so... Um, the, excuse me, uh, the Throne Ascendancy all takes place within the Chiss Ascendancy. So in um, Wild Space, uh, in the, what they Chiss call the Chaos. Um, and so they are, the, the Chiss Ascendancy is in the Chaos, which is what 
the like Galactic Republic, the Empire would all consider wild space. And so that is uh, what that kind of like all that takes place there, which we get a little bit of that in the other trilogy, just kind of some references and some, a little bit of background to that and to who Thrawn is. Um, but that is where a lot of that takes place. And so Thrawn actually comes from a family who is pretty much nobody's. In Chess Ascendancy, he rises up to be a military leader, and as he does that, the uh, Myth family, which is one of the leading families of the Chiss Ascendancy, uh, so the Chiss Ascendancy is ran by, at the time of Thrawn, nine ruling families, and so he, the Myth family is one of those, and they actually adopt Thrawn uh, as because he is going doing so well. So myth is the beginning of his yes, Mithron name. Naroto <clears throat> is the beginning of his chist name, which I mentioned we talked about that. So like, it's like yeah. So all that kind of plays in together. Um, and the chists are very big on names. Um, if you read this book, there's a couple times where names actually get changed based on families being your family connections being changed. Um, and so it's uh, very important to the Chiss in that way. And, but, so they, he gets adopted by the myth, he continues to rise up. And as he does that, there's a lot of controversy in how he does things. I mean, one thing they talk about a lot is that Thrawn is really, really good at military, but he's really bad at politics. Yes, they and, get into that in the other And series. they talk about that in the other one, I'm pretty sure, as well. And so, in which the, is it Eli? Vanto. Vanto is kind of his, if I remember correctly, it's kind of his sidekick to help him through some of the political stuff. Yeah. And some of those sorts of things in that as well, right? Yeah, for sure. It, to me, it's almost kind of weird because he's, like, really good at, like, tactical and, like, reading people, but then, like, he's not good at, like, yeah. the social political part yeah. of it or, like... Yeah, and I think I was, sometimes I almost wonder a little bit if it's, like, Thon's like, why does this matter? Like, why, yeah. why do you politics and people caring and being... Like people's get feelings getting hurt. Uh, like, well, why does it like matter? A, he's a number facts yeah, person yeah. and not like a social emotional person. Yeah, kind exactly. of thing. Yeah, um, and so he rises up the ranks. It's kind of controversial because I think the the Chiss ascendancy prides themselves on um, glory and being the ruler, like the strongest in the chaos. And all that, and so they see Thrawn as this like double-edged sword. Uh, he could potentially do something really, really stupid and bad that's gonna come back on the Chiss ascendancy and be have detrimental damage, or he's gonna take the Chiss to a whole nother level of glory and uh, greatness. And so there's this like double-edged sword, and so a lot of people are fall on the side of. Uh, he's gonna destroy the Chiss ascendancy by his recklessness um, and not following that. And so, and the, uh, one thing we see a lot in here, and I think is interesting, is the Chiss have a lot of rules about how their military operates and all the that sort of thing. And Thrawn, uh, Thrawn pushes those limits and a lot. And so, as Thrawn pushes those limits, even though he's doing what he needs to do to win battles or things that actually make sense. And ultimately he pushes those limits to the point where he saves the Chiss Ascendancy. The, uh, the Ascendancy still doesn't like what he does. And so they're stuck to their pride and their rules more than actually saving the Chiss Ascendancy um, because they can, I guess. And they don't like, they see Thrawn as threatening to their culture and environment. And so he rises up, it's very polarizing, and as he does this, he, uh, the big thing is they actually, the Grisk, which we talked about, are trying to destroy the Chiss Ascendancy, and they are uh, trying to, and over the course of all three books, the Grisk are behind different groups and sects, uh, trying to destroy the Chiss Ascendancy. And so, sometimes they have a fake facade behind another group, but, and then the last book is specifically them confronting the Grisk, uh, the just confronting the Grisk and Thrawn leading that, 
and that sort of thing. And so that's kind of like that basic overview of the other trilogy and what's going on there. Um, and then, if I remember, uh, Admiral Erlani, is she in... Excuse me, is she in the first trilogy? That other... The... the uh, <clears throat> she's in the other trilogy in the final book. Okay. And, and I like, don't... I think that's the first time she comes into that. Okay. So, I, all I know from what I've read yeah. in that final book is that they knew each other previously. Yeah. And that I... You get... I don't get all of those details from the series yeah. that I read, but you get that, like, Thrawn left. And I think at one point he says he was banished, but I'm not sure if that was really true or not. That the ascendancy banished yeah, him. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a second. Okay, so I, I'm not sure if that's really true, because I'm not sure if he was lying about that or yeah. to her advantage for whatever reason. But anyways, yes, he does... She does come up in that final book, mm -hmm. and they have a past, but they don't really talk about it yeah, much. Yeah, so Thrawn and Admiral Arlani, they work... They have a very close friendship. They work together a ton throughout this book, and you learn a lot about Admiral Lani um, and all the, kind of that background. And when, what I want to jump to is what you just mentioned about Thrawn saying he was banished. He was banished, but it was also planned. Um, and so, because of everything that happened, the Chiss Ascendancy, the ruling council, and all that didn't like what he did. So one of the military officers that liked Thrawn basically proposed this plan to the uh, ruling council and said, hey, we'll exile Thrawn. Uh, but it was also with Thrawn and him had came up with this plan to also help Thrawn infiltrate the Empire uh, to eventually help be able to completely get rid of the Grisk, which is what we see in some of the storyline yeah. in the other book. Um, and then, and so that's actually, so he actually gets exiled to a random planet and then is found by the Empire. And that, him being in an exile and found by the Empire is like the opening scene uh, of that yeah. other trilogy yeah. that I read. So yeah, and I think, yeah, that's right. You get the feeling that it, like he's been exiled, but like literally everything Thrawn does is very calculated. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it wasn't like he was exiled, but it wasn't like a bad thing. Yeah, it <laughs> was like a planned exile, and they saw like him and his allies and the Chiss saw it as like, hey, this is our next step and what we should do to help the Chiss. Um, the ruling council saw it as this is his punishment, and like if that they wouldn't have settled for the, the ruling council wouldn't have settled for anything for less than um, exiling for Thrawn or death for Thrawn, and so. This was a way that Thrawn can continue to serve the Chiss and uh, do all that, which then takes us into the other trilogy, uh, but without defying or being killed or whatever. Yeah. It's like the they Chiss. were still following the rules yeah. by punishing him, yeah. but he was still yes. playing a part in their plan. Yeah. And they didn't. The ruling council didn't know the plan was for him to join the Empire. Uh, uh, so that is kind of where some of that goes. Um, so. So yeah, that's Thrawn's story, and then also we have Rebels, which Rebels deals a lot with um, the Phoenix Squadron and all that, and Lothal, which you mentioned, Governor Price, and all that. So like, where Thrawn's trying to take over Lothal, and they have the Tide Defender Project there, part of Tide Defender Project mm -hmm. at Lothal, and all that. And so that is a lot of what happens in Rebels when Thrawn is in Rebels. Um, and that sort of thing as well. Is there anything to add about Rebels? Uh, I guess the thing I... I think I mentioned to you this like a long time ago when we were discussing setting this mm -hmm. up, but about Thrawn and Rebels, like, I guess... Like I said, I read the one trilogy before. I read Thrawn... or saw Rebels, which I'm guessing that most people know Thrawn from Rebels. Yeah. And that's where they know yeah. him. And I think from that you get that he is very, <clears throat> like, calculated and that he, like, uses the art a lot to, like, understand people because of the one big thing in rebels is uh harris and doula's family oh thing totem. that i totem i saw it called a totem they totem. have a special name for it yeah i can't think of it. <clears throat> but I, I know, yeah I know it's, it's a piece about. of art that's important to her family and <clears throat> important to just um twilight families they yeah. like pass these down yeah. from generation to generation but like, you get that from it but one thing that i was i feel like 
it's like kind of weird because I feel like if I just watched Rebels and knew Thrawn through, the, through that, I would think like, okay, he seems like he seems like any admiral in the Empire who's like mean and cold-hearted and terrible and wants yeah. to like the Empire to succeed and will crush yeah. anyone in his, in his path. But the thing I think I said to you is like when I read those books. It's funny because like Thrawn is like the protagonist and I was like the person you're rooting for. Yeah. So it felt funny. It almost felt funny to me to read those books and feel like, ah, yay, Thrawn, go Thrawn. <laughs> because like he was like the protagonist and like the person you were rooting for, like I said. Yeah. But in the Rebels, he is definitely the protagonist and like seemed like a terrible person. Because like, I guess the, the reason I felt like he was like, I liked him in those books or like he was a likable character is because there was so many times where he would like enter a situation and he would maybe not always, but he would always go in with like, I'm going to do this with the least amount of death possible. Yeah. And he would, he would like specifically like plan. So these sorts of things or even say like, I'm going to accomplish this mission and with no bloodshed. Yeah. <clears throat> so like he seems like that made him seem like not like a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I was, that they made a point of in the books is that, <clears throat> that he, didn't run like his ship was called the Chimera, I believe. Chimera. Chimera. Yeah. <clears throat> so he he didn't like run his ships in a way that was typical of most Grand Admirals mm -hmm. because his crew liked him basically, yeah. and he didn't rule it out of like fear. Yeah. <clears throat> but he was like very. I, can't, I wish I could think of a better example, but he was like very supportive of his crew and even like <clears throat> treated them. Not necessarily as equals because I think they respected him and would like follow his his yeah. commands without question. But he he did treat them more like equals and yeah. would like have like strategical discussions with them because yeah. there was like one uh, I think it's Commodore Pharaoh is her name yeah. who was under him during those at least maybe more than one of those books who he has like a really good relationship with and she just talks about how she like feels like he's like the best admiral she's or authority she's ever served under and how he's helped her helped her career so much yeah. and so like it just like to me it like almost feels weird because like Thrawn is kind of painted in a different light in those books how he's like a reasonable kind person and not just out to like kill people yeah. which is kind of what it feels like when you watch Rebels yeah. but I guess that's like it's it's all from a different each you, story you, is from you, a different perspective yeah you get different perspectives so um and you get some of the more of the backstory with the books than you do Rebels and yeah. that stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of what we're going to wrap up with with Thrawn's story. There's one thing you mentioned to me, Thomas, that I want you to mention a little bit with, uh, we talked about with you being a teacher and you're a math teacher. Yes. And with, and I didn't know this, which but I found this really interesting, with <laughs> the author of the Thrawn trilogy. So we said the author is Timothy Zahn. Yes. And... I feel like by reading his biography in the back of the book, it says that he is, I apologize, Timothy Zahn. I'm not going to get this right. <laughs> You'll probably never listen to this, but I believe that you, he has some kind of degree, uh, some kind of science related degree, maybe in like mm -hmm. physics or yeah. something, some, some kind of yeah. science related degree. <clears throat> but anyways, I was, so, and I feel like by reading the books that you can tell that the author is a very like detail oriented person like science math kind of person yeah. and just the way he writes um so i really like that as being a math person and a math teacher because i think the thing i point out to you is there's a kind of pivotal point in the very last book <clears throat> where they're talking about the communication device for the grisk and i guess to not go into like too many details they're just talking about how there's three parts to their communication system that have to be all equal distance from each other. And as a math person, I thought three points that are all equal distance from each other, that's an equilateral triangle. <laughs> and they go in, <clears throat> they never use the term equilateral triangle, but they go into talking about <clears throat> the distance between the three points and different things like that. And they actually like mentioned some s different numbers. <clears throat> and I was like, oh my gosh, they're using special right triangles or like more generally, they're just using like trigonometry to do these sorts of things yeah. <clears throat> which I was like as a math teacher I was geeking out because I was like and I even stopped and made the same calculations myself to see if it really worked and it did <laughs> and I guess the other thing that I thought was super impressive is because in the book it talks about I think it's that Commander Pharaoh she says something like or she comments to herself like she's like I did these triangle calculations in my head which honestly for someone to do this triangle calculations in their head would be extremely difficult so which means this yeah. Commodore or Commander Commodore must be brilliant 
at calculations because yeah. they're like there's things this is like a topic that i teach my high school students and it's we use calculators <laughs> so for someone to can do it in their head it's gonna be pretty yeah. difficult yeah. but i was reading that and i texted isaac and i was like geeking out like oh my gosh in Thrawn, they just mentioned a topic that I teach to my high school students. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I just thought, as Thomas told me that, I was like, that's pretty cool. I didn't pick up on that. I'm, I'm not a math teacher, but uh, I mean, I, I don't, I, I enjoyed math in high school, but like, as he told me that, and as I was looking through some of the books and listen, listen to some audio books and stuff like that, I was like, ah, I can see that. And like, made sense. So I just thought that was a neat, like, think Thomas picked up on that if you're not a math person you might not pick up on but uh yeah it's just kind of cool so yeah, yeah. I was so I yeah was geeking out in a Star Wars way and a math way all at the same time <laughs> it's like Thomas's favorite way of geeking out <laughs> yeah um, but uh so I think the what, what we so that's kind of Thrawn's story and what I want to wrap up on which I'm super pumped to talk about is where are we going to see Thrawn next and how we end every show? Where are we going to see Thrawn? And so when we, uh, so when we think about where we're going to see Thrawn, does anything specifically come to mind for you, Thomas? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I just finished watching Rebels not too many weeks ago. <clears throat> and so the way that that ends is where Ezra Bridger and Thrawn are just gets lost in space somewhere. Yeah. And <clears throat> Ahsoka comes back on the scene and is looking for Ezra Bridger. Mm -hmm. And so I, so we know that ends in that somehow Ahsoka's looking for Ezra Bridger, which the Ahsoka show is coming up. Yes. And even in, <clears throat> so that may have something to do with Thrawn yeah. and Ezra Bridger. And then also, which I guess we've talked about this whole time and not mentioned Ezra Bridger, but yeah. Anyway, somehow. <laughs> um, so we, I feel like if we had more time, we should talk about him. Yeah. <clears throat> but, and then I believe in the second, um, in one of the seasons of the Mandalorian, the second season, when Ahsoka's yeah. there, yeah. she comments at some point that she is looking for Grand oh, Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, yes. Um, so, sorry, I took me a long time to get there, but that's where I was going. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Yeah. And I think that is, um, I'm super pumped to see where that goes because I'm like at this point I'm like a hundred percent sure we're gonna see him. Yeah. So if we didn't see him, I'd be utterly shocked. <laughs> yes, I'd be shocked and somewhat disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I would definitely think we'll see him in Ahsoka. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him even in like Book of Boba Fett if there's another season of that or even Mandalorian somehow. I don't know. Uh, how that would all play out. Um, there are... It's interesting how Thrawn has so many connections to so many eras of Star Wars. Um, For and, sure. And so it... So, like, I wouldn't even want to even be surprised. And I don't know if this would be in Ahsoka, if this would be even in a specifically Thrawn uh, show that comes out eventually. I don't know. But if we even see, like... Because we know Thrawn... And Legends interacts with Luke. And so, even if we got the second Thrawn trilogy, or the very first Thrawn trilogy that was written in, like, the 90s, uh, that brought to canon somehow, whether that was through books or through um, live action or whatever that would be, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if that was in the plans eventually. I don't know. I know nothing like that's been announced, but I'd be intrigued to see some of that as well. Um... And so, and also, I'm one thing I'm super pumped and really hoping we may see is if somehow we got to see uh, more of the Chiss ascendancy in Ahsoka. Um, so, like, if Ezra and Thrawn are in the Chiss ascendancy somewhere, run around, like, I think that'd be pretty cool to see as well. Um, see more of Wild Space and some of those sorts of things. So, um, is there anything else with like where we may see Thrawn that you were mentioned? No, I don't think so. But when you mentioned seeing the Chiss Ascendancy, that's hard to say, and Wild Space, I think that'd be really interesting because I feel like I don't know any part of Star Wars live action shows that deal with Wild Space necessarily. I mean, they talk about the Outer Rim of the Empire, but I don't know of any. I don't know of anything that deals with Wild Space. I think that would be really interesting, new sort of new part of Star Wars. Yeah, just look at. Yeah, the only the only thing that we do know is. Um, in Rise of Skywalker, 
um, Exegol. Oh, is it in it's, Wild it's Space? It's in Wild Space. Oh, okay. Um, and so if you guys have read Aftermath and some of those, they get into some of that a little bit and the remnants of the Empire going into Wild Space and disappearing and all that fun stuff. Okay. Um, so that's the only thing we really have a whole lot of Wild Space with, um, or uh, that's in the chaos and that sort of thing. So there's a little bit of it, but we definitely haven't seen much of it at all. Um, and so I think, like you said, that'd be very, um, it would be fun to dive into that. For sure. Of that as well. So, um, yeah, so I'm, we're going to see Thrawn, I think. Like, yes. I, I'm 100% sure, like I said, like, if not, I'd be extremely disappointed and very shocked. Um, <laughs> but, so that is our um, appearances and Thrawn for today. So, as we uh, wrap up here, any last thing you want to say or uh, mention with Thrawn or just Star Wars in general, Thomas? I can't think of anything off the okay. top of my head, uh, but I thank you for letting me come on your show because this has been a very enjoyable conversation that I don't get to have very often because yeah. I don't have very <laughs> I don't have very many people around that will talk Star Wars like yeah. this with me. Yeah. Usually it's you. So. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, not usually a phone conversation. Well, we, we text do, each other we do a lot. A, te- a lot of texting back and forth. Yeah. Times. Um, but yeah, so I've enjoyed it as well. And it's, yeah, it's been great to have you on. I always enjoy having guests on. So I'm um, just enjoying that. And then also being able to sit down and talk with you. And um, we actually don't usually get to see each other. So we actually get to do this. In per- we're doing this in person. Yeah. Um, so uh, that we have to do it over the internet or anything <laughs> of that nature. So we actually do it in person. So that's fun as well. Uh, so, we're, that's our um, episode for today. So, thank you guys for joining us and for another episode of Ike Slam and another Star Wars adventure. And uh, thank you, Thomas, for joining us as well. Certainly, it's been enjoyable. Um, what we, do you know what we always like to say on Ike Slam? You remember? No. I've listened to every single episode, so I, I should saying, know. I know he's ever listened to most of my episodes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I can't okay. remember. You're going to say it, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah, so that's our um, so that's our episode today. So, like we always say, like to see here on Ice Flame, light the fire. Have a great week, everybody.